Brother Terry, thank you choir, our praise team, thank all of you for worshiping this morning, and I pray that God was honored and glorified by it all. If you brought your Bibles, we want to turn to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 10, then we'll look at Matthew chapter 25, and then I've added one, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, but we want to look at Deuteronomy 10. Verse 12, familiar passage perhaps, Matthew 25, all these should be familiar. I'm going to share with you a sermon I've, un I've entitled this morning, Why Not the Best? Why Not the Best? We begin Deuteronomy chapter 10, one verse, verse 12, in Matthew 25. Deuteronomy 10, verse 12, and now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require thee, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul. Then if you would turn to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, Jesus speaking in verse 14. Matthew 25, and we'll look at verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to, uh, to, to another one, to every man according to his several ability. God's going to give you according to your ability to serve him. And straightway he took his journey. Then he that received the five talents went and traded the same, made them other five talents. Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one, he went and he digged in the earth and he hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth unto them. He asked for an account. Verse 20, And so he that received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents, and behold, I've gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said to him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He, also had, he that also received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I'd gain two other talents beside them. And the Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. They were busy. They were serving the Lord. They were increasing for the Lord. Verse 24. And then he which received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strong. And I was afraid, and I went and I hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. You gave me one, I'm bringing it back to you. Here's yours. The Lord said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not sown. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to exchangers, and, 
And then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And he cast, and cast ye the unprofitable servant, and to outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then if you would turn to Second Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 10. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now Paul's taught, he's speaking to Christians. Paul, majority of the time, speaks to Christians. So he's speaking to Christians. He says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence to worship you. We pray our worship was received by you. We pray we've worshiped with gladness of heart and spirit and in truth. And now we open your word for you to speak to us. Speak to me, I pray. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. Father, I pray for each person here, for those who have never accepted you as Lord and Savior of their life. I pray for the Christian who was once very committed but not, not so committed now. I pray, Lord, for the decisions that need to be here, made here this morning. Speak to our hearts. May we be obedient to your spirit. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. President Jimmy Carter published a book in 1975 entitled, Why Not the Best? I was online this week. I looked up that book. Friend of mine, Fred Collins, friend of ours, came. And he's preached several times here at our church, and he spoke of this book when he and I visited here some years back. And he was Carter's pastor for a number of years, President Carter's pastor and next-door neighbors. And so we, he shared a lot about President Carter with me, and one thing was this book. So President Carter wrote the book in 1975 entitled, Why Not the Best?, in a little research I was reading, says it tells how he was standing in front of an admiral, a Navy admiral, by the name of Hyman Rickover. And he was being interviewed for a position in the nuclear submarine program after, after finishing the, the Naval Academy. And the admiral asked him a simple question. How did you stand in your class at the Naval Academy? How did you do in your class? Carter said, and I quote, I swelled my chest with pride, and I answered, Sir, I stood 59th in a class of 820. And then the admiral asked another question. Did you do your best? Carter started to say, he said in his book, yeah, I started to say I did my best, but the, the, then I began to think how I could have studied more about weaponry, and I could have studied more about uh, defense philosophy. 
I could have studied more and a lot of other subjects, and I said, no, sir, I didn't always do my best. Then Carter said that the admiral asked him one final question, and he said, I've never been able to forget or answer that question. The question was, why not your best? Why not the best? According to 2 Corinthians, we read just a few minutes ago, there's coming a day where each one of us as believers will stand at the judgment seat of God. Now this judgment is for believers, not to receive salvation or damnation. That's secured at your salvation. The Bible says, There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. And so you don't have to worry about being saved again and again and again. But those who have rejected Christ will stand what's known in front of God as what's known as the, the great white throne judgment. But here you have the judgment seat of Christ. There's a big difference. One for the unbeliever to be judged and condemned. And then the judgment seat of Christ for the believer to be judged according to our service to the Lord, according to our ability. According to Matthew 25, 22 through 30. And so God will never ask you to serve Him beyond your ability. I believe that at the judgment seat of Christ, I believe for many believers, that will be a very sad time myself included. I don't know how God's going to begin this personal evaluation, but perhaps with the same question that Admiral Rickover began with President Carter. Sammy, you served in several volunteer positions as a believer. You taught Sunday school. You taught discipleship training. You were a youth teacher. You served on different committees in your church and your association and whatever. You've done all those things. I want to thank you for serving, but did you do your best? Did you do your best? And then, Sammy, you were called to preach the gospel. Have you done your best? Why not the best? You were called to pastor a church. Have you done your best? Why not the best? And then he might say to a brother or sister, just fill in the name, brother so-and-so or sister and so-and-so, I saved you and I gifted you with natural abilities and spiritual gifts. And you sat there and sat there and sat there and you went and you buried your gifts and you refused to serve me. Oh, you had a lot of opportunities to serve me, but you were so selfish with your time in spiritual matters. You did your best, but your best was in the secular world and not in uh, spiritual things. Those things that you should have been doing for me have you done your best? Well, why not your best? And by the end of August, this coming August, 
Our nominating committee is going to be seeking our church officers, our key leaders, our Sunday, our Sunday school teachers, discipleship training teachers, our different church uh, committee members, our different ministry team members. We'll have those ministry team sign-up cards that will be available real soon at the, uh, at the Welcome Center, and, and I pray that I'll be meeting with the chairpersons of each ministry team just to see how our teams can function more proficiently this coming church year. Why do we do that? Because as a pastor of Mountain View, I really want us to strive to do our best as we serve our Lord and our fellow man. Now, there have been times that I've failed the Lord and I've failed you in doing my best. I'm going to be up front with you. I've failed him as the under-shepherd and I've failed you as the pastor of this church at times. But I've asked the Lord to forgive me and I ask you to forgive me. I'll never be perfect until my final glorification when the Lord comes back and I become like him, and you'll never be perfect either. But however, our assignment and our commission with the Lord is too great of an assignment for me and for this church not to do our best, or at least attempt to do our best. So being a part of the body of Christ is more than just being a party of the body of Christ. We're to be a functioning part of the body of Christ. I mean, what good are the parts of the body if they don't function? What good is the eye if it doesn't see you, the ear if it doesn't hear? What good is the arm if it doesn't raise something up or the hand that holds something, the leg that walks? Are the feet that stabilize if they don't function as part of the body. So please remember, there's no such thing as an inactive church member referred to in the Bible. So God expects all believers to do our very best God expects all believers, all means what? All means all, all believers, to do our best in serving Him. And we're to serve Him, the Bible says, with all our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our heart, our innermost being, with all of our soul, our total person. We're to serve him with all of our heart and with all of our soul. Now, why does God require that? Well, in, 16, in 1864, there was a lady by the name of Charlotte Bernard published a hymn. And we don't hear it much anymore. But I remember it growing up. The title of this hymn was, Give of Your Best to the Master goes like this. Listen to the words. Give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth. Throw your soul's fresh glowing ardor into the battle for truth. 
Jesus has set the example. Dauntless was he young and brave. Give him your loyal devotion. Give him the best that you have. Give of the best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth. Clad in salvation's full armor. Join in the battle for truth. Give of your best to the master. Give him first place in your heart. Give him first place in your service. Consecrate every part. Give and you will be given. God, his beloved son, gave. Gratefully seeking to serve him. Give him the best that you have. Give of the best to your master. Not else is worthy his love. He gave himself for your ransom. He gave up his glory above. Lay down his life without murmur. You from sin's ruin to save. Give him your heart's adoration. Give him the best that you have. Charlotte Bernard, give of your best. And I, I noticed youth, it was kind of Interesting how the song starts off. Give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1 simply says, Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. You see, David was a young shepherd boy when he had the battle with Goliath. Samuel was just a young boy living with Eli when he heard the voice of God calling him into a special ministry. Jesus was just a young boy when Mary and Joseph found him in the temple listening and questioning the scribes. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just young Jewish boys who were willing to go to a fiery furnace with just trusting God. Youth. You see, there's more Christian youth. There's, there's more to church than, than fun and food and games. That's important. But you're a believer. God has a place for you in ministry. God expects Christian youth to be serious about their relationship with Him. You're not excused because you're a youth. The Bible addresses that particularly. Are you doing your best for him as a Christian youth? Do you have your Bible with you today? Are you taking notes today? I sure hope you're not texting or on some kind of device, and adults included. How disrespectful to the Lord to be doing that in his house. Is your boyfriend, girlfriend saved? Better be careful he gives strict instructions to that. Give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth. And he set the example. Jesus has set the example. Dauntless was he young and brave. Give him your loyal devotion. Give him the best that you have. And that's pertaining to youth also. It goes on to say in the second verse, 
Give of your best to the master. Give him first place in your heart. Give him first place in your service. Consecrate every part. Give and it will to you be given. God, his beloved son, gave. Gratefully seeking to serve him. Give him the best that you have. Give of the best to the master. Naught else is worthy his love. That's the least you can do is give your best. He gave himself for your ransom. Gave up his glory above. Think of that. Laid down his life without murmur. Didn't complain, didn't cry, but just came from heaven's glory to die on the cross for you. See, not worthy, your best, my best. You from sin's ruin to save. Give him your heart's adoration. Give him the best that you have. Why? Why do I have to do that? Does he, why does he require our best? Because he gave himself for our ransom. I mean, no, el- no one else would do that or could do that. He gave up the glory above or his glory above. He laid down his life without murmur. You from sin ruined to save. Give of your heart's adoration. Give him the best that you have. Give of the best to your master. Give the strength of your youth. Clad in salvation's full armor. Join in the battle of truth. Question, have you given your best? Second question, then why not the best? According to God's word, one day every believer is going to stand before the judgment seat of God and we're going to be judged and how we've used our spiritual gifts and our natural abilities, and I will be there, and if you're a believer, you're going to be there, and Jesus is going to ask in some way, did you do your best? And then I'm sure in some way, why not your best? Have you been like me before? Have you failed in doing your best? You said, well, yeah, I have, Brother Samuel. What do you do? I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the Bible says do in John 1, 1 John 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You just need to come today and say, Lord, I, I've not done my best. And begin today. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to strive to do my best to serve you with all of my heart. With all of my soul, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, this morning there are some of you, perhaps, here that's refused to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. You've refused to believe that he's the Son of God who came and died on the cross for you and rose again on the third day and and he's coming back. I'm praying today that God's going to open your heart to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like a, little, like a little lady did in Acts chapter 16. Her name was Lydia. Acts chapter 16, God said something. So it's, it's, it says, and Lydia's, and Lydia's heart was moved. Her heart was moved. God touched her heart. Did you know that's the only way you can come to Christ if God touches your heart? And sometimes our hearts are so hardened, they're so hardened that, that uh, we don't allow God to, to touch our heart and soften our heart. Acts 16, verse 13. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city, Paul speaking, where, where a prayer 
wanted to be made, and we sat down and we spake unto the women which were there hither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of our tower, which worshiped God, she was religious, whose heart the Lord opened. See, God's got to open your heart. Some of you have hard hearts and you've rejected Christ. I'm praying today God will open your heart to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so there's some here today that need to say, God, I'm sorry, I'm going to do my best. I repent, I turn from that, I'm going to do my best with all my heart, with all my soul. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And I'm praying that some's heart will be softened and God will open your heart. And then there's others who need to unite with the church and become active members of the body of Christ. You need to come for membership today. Some may need to be baptized. You never followed through with baptism. The first step of obedience is the baptism. You know, our slogan out front, you see it on the signs, it simply says this, it's your move. And you've heard this this morning, and now it's his invitation, and it's your move. That's our word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for a time that we can come together. Thank you for your word Father, I pray now for every person here. I pray for the believers, Father, Lord, who, who need to pray and just say, God, I come to you and ask you for, to forgive me for not doing my best. God, I had to pray that prayer, and I prayed it from time to time. It's difficult, Lord, to, to do our best. We get so sidetracked by everything else. So forgive me when I fail to do my best. Remind me each time it's not your best. Lord, that I can repent and turn and, and do my very best that I can for you. You're so deserving. I pray for those here this morning, Lord, who have hardened their heart against the gospel. I pray that you'll soften their heart. And like Lydia, you'll open their heart to the gospel. I pray that you would be with those who need to be saved today, that they would come in this invitation, your invitation, and respond to the gospel of Jesus. The good news that Christ came and died and was buried and rose again, coming back one day, open their heart, I pray, to that message. And then for others here that need to make other decisions, I pray that you've spoken to their heart and would be willing to uh, obey your spirit's leading this morning. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Terry's going to lead us in a hymn of invitation as he leads, if you would.